This is On and Off Your Mat podcast, episode 187, Akashic Records, Accessing the Universal Database of Your Soul. If you're fascinated by the realm of metaphysics and spiritual knowledge, or if you love to use divination tools to get guidance, or you have profound questions about the purpose and the meaning of life, today's episode is for you. For today's episode, I sat down with Joanna Haynes. Joanna is a multi-passionate soul alignment and spiritual mentor, working closely with clients that are ready to expand into their highest timeline by recognizing and reconnecting with their most authentic and precious expression, which is their energetic blueprint. Through a blend of different modalities, such as Gaber's Mates Compassion Inquiry, Human Design, the Akashic Records, which we'll talk about today, and Somatic Embodiment, she journeys with her clients to help them let go of outdated stories, beliefs, and behaviors in order for them to create a deeper connection with their true selves. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. You can leave a review on iTunes for them to find the episode of the podcast in general, and you can share your takeaways on social media. I always love to read your takeaways on the episode. So as you take a screenshot of the episode, share something you've learned and make sure to tag at on and off your mat podcast so I can see it and reshare it. All right, if you're ready to gain insight into your soul's journey, past life, and spiritual growth, let's get to today's episode with Joanna. Hi, Joanna. Hi. Thank you so much for joining me today. You are so welcome. I'm so happy to be here. For listeners that don't know you very well, can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Yeah, so I am a mentor, an Akashic mentor. I work with clients to sort of help them connect to their most authentic, essential self. Mm -hmm. And like many people in these kind of roles, I've been on a very varied journey of my own to land here. I could go on for ages, but essentially, yeah, went through some of my own sort of experiences and traumas in life that caused me to question certain things went down the generic path in life that didn't serve me forever. It did its part, but there was something more calling me and I just kept on following that call. And I'm really grateful to be doing this work with other people, helping them find their own path in life. Is there anything you'd feel comfortable sharing a little bit more about that kind of breakdown to breakthrough journey that we have a lot of the time that brought you to doing this work or the results you were not getting from the traditional routes that you experienced first? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to share some of that. You know, I think for me that it came in, in more waves and phases. It wasn't like this huge, huge dark night of the soul. I think I had a few of them throughout my life. And one of them, you know, I had done this broadcasting degree and knew I wanted to go and work at MTV in London and set this goal and I achieved it and I was there and after a few years, it just wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I had hoped it would. And so quit my job and went traveling. And then when I was in Thailand, I fell in love with this little island and ended up not going back to England and selling my car and just moving to this island in the middle of nowhere, basically. And although that wasn't necessarily related to this career that I do now, it was really informative for me because it was the first time that I followed an inner nudge that really didn't make sense to other people. You know, like I'd followed the nudge to, I want to go work in London. And like, that was totally acceptable and exciting for people. But then when it's, I want to quit my career path and move to this island and everyone's like, what are you doing? I just oh, yeah, had to I do relate. it. Yeah. So that was such a 
freeing and expansive time in my life. And then after a while, it was like, oh, you know, this is really great, but I don't want to live paycheck to paycheck on an island with some of the most amazing people I've ever met, but arguably also a lot of other people who are a little bit like searching for something. And so I knew it was time to leave. And then you know, in that time after that, there was some pretty dark and tricky relationships that I navigated that also brought me to my knees deeply a few times. And, you know, all of this, it's in hindsight, I'm just realizing that I collected a lot of information and a lot of data and a lot of understanding about myself throughout that and then entered into the corporate world. And again, you know, was there for probably 10 years and something was just not filling my boots and filling my cup and really just started to follow the nudges and nothing looked the way I thought it would. You know, my first sort of thing that I started doing was an Amazon business on the side. You know, I wasn't passionate about what I was per se selling on Amazon, but it really gave me the courage and confidence to understand that I actually could create something of my own. And so I just kept following like those nudges mm. and then, you know, had a ton of fertility issues to have a baby. So I could go on so many directions in how I got where I am, but it's essentially like life throws you some curveballs and you can sort of choose to take that information and use it to be curious about yourself and what's working and what's not. And then really choose to either follow what you're getting or to shut it down. And so it's just keep following it and follow it. Who knows where it's going to take me into the future too. You know, I'm not done per se. We're never done. That's for sure. Mm -mm. No, no, There's always new nudges (laughs) that make no sense to anybody else. Yes. In your first intro, you were telling us that you are a mentor, particularly using Akashic Records. We'll dive a little bit more into this today, but since we've never talked about it on the podcast before, can you start by telling us what are Akashic Records and how you would like define it for someone that's totally unfamiliar with them? Yeah, it can be a tricky thing even as I work with them to yeah. logically understand or even get somebody to sort of fully grasp what they are. But essentially, it's a frequency that you're attuning to. It's like an etheric library that holds all information, all words, deeds, thoughts, actions that have occurred through all lifetimes of any soul or anything that has consciousness, right? Like even businesses have its own consciousness to it. So it has an Akashic record. So essentially this field of information is there for us to access. And when we open your records, we're attuning to the records, the information of your soul's history through all timelines, dimensions, realities, and and beyond tapping and beyond. Exactly. And tuning into the way I work with them is in this now moment. What needs to be shared with you in order to support you in your journey, you know, connecting to authentic self, authenticity, authentic expression, aligned path. So past lives for me, they do come in if it's related to what we're working on in this moment, whereas some people have the gift of, you know, that's just what they do with their records, Mm -hmm. but that's not necessarily how I work with them. But yeah, if you think of it like a big etheric library and there's literally a book that we go and pull out and open And the page that it opens to is guided by the records as to what is most relevant for you right now to hear and receive. Mm -hmm. So what's the process of opening that book or tuning in that vibration? Like, is there a particular method or technique that you use or that people can learn over time or a particular state of consciousness you need to be in? Like, what's that setup? 
Yeah, I think there's multiple ways to access your records. And I think it's also important to let people know that these are things that like a lot of people have access to before they know they're consciously working with the records. So sometimes you just get that hit or you feel this piece of information and that can be you in the field, right? The way that I work with them is, you know, we would really just ground and center ourselves together, connect, you know, through a few breaths. And then I open them with spoken word, like a prayer, a message, like with intention, sorry, not a message, an intention and a prayer. And we just set the intention to open and we tune into it through spoken word. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then once you've tuned in and you've kind of said that intention, what kind of information do you find first or do you find in general? So when I open the records, I usually will take a few moments to just acclimatize to being in somebody else's versus my own. And their vibrational field. The field of their energy, right? And then sometimes it comes through quite visual. So the first few moments of being in somebody's records, I would share with them anything that I'm seeing or feeling. Sometimes it's not necessarily a message. It's like a vision of something. And I never want to filter it, right? It's pure consciousness coming through. So I never filter it with my ego, like remove that. So whatever I think is important or not, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. I just share what's coming through. And then depending on the intention of somebody's session determines how we would proceed from there. So if they have some questions or sometimes I just check in and see if any messages want to be delivered. I also do a lot of clearings. It's like spiritual flossing. Like we just go in and just clear some stuff out, cuts cords, clear out energies. It's just really nice to clear the space. And sometimes we're really guided to go there first. So it really just depends on people's intention for coming and whether it's information or healing or clearing, each one is incredibly unique because, you know, we all are incredibly unique and precious. So is each session and each time we tune in. Mm-hmm. Are there any limitation or like boundaries into what you can access or into how the information manifests to you? Yeah, I think there are for sure, because you know, there's keepers of the records and the information that is shared with us is kind of filtered through that. You know, we couldn't open the records and access. I mean, first of all, I don't think if we could access it all, it would be too much. It'd be um, overwhelming. Yeah. Overwhelming. I don't think we would be able to distill the information to our human mm-hmm. form and share it in a way that was valuable. So it's kind of filtered through the keepers of the records. And If you are curious about something, you know, like that is not available to you, we just won't get the information. I think some of it's guarded and some of it's not now, right? This isn't important for you to know right now. This is not Mm. relevant to this now moment. And a lot of people want to know the future and we don't get to know the future. We get to know more information about like path A and path B. And then what you choose to do with that information is up to you. Like you have agency, you have free will. It's just more about frequency of A and B, not do this thing or don't do that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are limits and accessing people's records without their permission. You know, I can't just go and snoop in people's records. You're not allowed. I won't get access. Uh So absolutely, there's boundaries around, you know, who, what, when, and and what, what information we're getting. Although, you know, in the past, it used to be reserved for sages and mystics. And, you know, I think an elite circle of people that would have access to the field of information. And now consciousness is shifting and we can access it with intention. Mm -hmm. So now we're more people having access to these things you think because at a global level, consciousness is shifting and we like are evolving as a species? I do think our consciousness is shifting. And, you know, I don't 
personally know the exact why as to why people are allowed to access their records, but it's about becoming a little bit more sovereign and not having Mm -hmm. such a hierarchy of information that we get to each be a sovereign being accessing. That's definitely an era we're in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I feel that too strongly. When you talk about the information being guarded, what, who is guarding? Are we talking like that person, main guide? Is it like more like angelic beings like that are usually working with that person, even if they don't know, like what, who is guarding? Yeah. So, I mean, the way that I have learned it and my teachers have shared this with me is that it's Lord of the Akashic Records like that. So I'm teaching there is no a Lord, you know, I think it can be potentially a team of energy, but we, our human form has to, our mind seems to need to associate it with like this being, Yeah. except that it's, I think, a frequency of energy that's just protecting really precious information. Like um, a governing essence yeah. on its Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the first time I've sort of said these words out loud, so bear with me, but it's almost like has an, an innate intelligence about what needs to come through and what doesn't in the same way that nature does. There's like an innate intelligence that's running and operating the system. And I think that that is what's happening. And it's like, this person's asking this question that it would not serve humanity or it would not serve this person to have this information. And it's not controlling it from an egoic point of view in the way mm-hmm. that we definitely think about control. It's lovingly guiding the information that needs to be shared now with you. For the greater good of that person, for the greater good of humanity, for them to really step on their truest self path and what they're supposed, their mission, what they're supposed to do while they're here kind of thing. A hundred percent. And anything that you're not receiving, it's not like, oh, this scarcity thing is guarding this really precious information. It's that it's actually not relevant to you right now. And so if you're not getting the answers that you need, it's because you're not asking the right questions that are more aligned with what's occurring in your life in this moment. Yeah. Do people struggle with letting go of that control of like, I want to know X and X (laughs) is not coming? (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I think they are a little disappointed when I can't tell them, you know, (laughs) the exact moment that they're going to meet the love of their lives. But usually it's about a thing that needs to shift in order for that to open that portal. So it's not about like, when is it going to come through? It's what needs to be healed, released and aligned for me to allow that to come through. And we're like, I don't want to know that. I want to know the date. I don't want to do the work. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally imagine that. Like, I think with any of these practices, like as humans, we want the quick fix. We want the answer. We want the solution. We don't want to figure it out. And I feel like a lot of these things are to help us figure it out but we are secretly hoping to not have to do that. Like we're going to receive magical information implanted like little pieces of a puzzle and we're set and we can go from there. Absolutely. I feel called to just share one thing around that is that, you know, there was a time in my life I was making like a very, very heavy decision that was very difficult for me. And I was almost too close to the subject matter. So I had one of my mentors help me and like go into the records to support me. I couldn't get out of my own way. And the information was kind of like, path A is this thing and it's kind of old paradigm stuff and it's probably going to make your life a little harder and path B is new paradigm and it might make life easier but path B was actually the hardest decision to make and so you get given this information it's like and now it's your choice point what do you want to do yeah Yeah. 
And I was like grieving and crying so much when I got this information because I knew that path B was right, but it was the harder decision to make. And it's like, do you want to, you know, make the hard decision? And on the other side of it is liberation. So it's not always easy to get this information. It's going to confront you with truth for yourself. And it's like, what do you want to do with it? Neither one is wrong. It's never wrong to choose path A if that's the one, you know, that you are actually desiring. You're just like resigning to it in some ways. And it's like, I'm not ready to shift. It's like, that's fine. No judgment. So yeah, you definitely still have to show up and do the work once you get the information. Yeah, Yeah. I think with this path A in this example is easier in the moment, but Mm -hmm. the reward long term is less fulfilling and actually less easy. The path over time is less easy, where the path B is harder in the moment, but then long term is the easier path. And of course, we have trouble working for our future self. You know, we are very much anchored in our present self and what is hard now feels like it will be hard forever. And what is easy now feels like the best solution, even if we know intellectually that down the line, it won't be good for us, you know? Absolutely. A hundred percent. That's so interesting. Are there any like discernment to be having like on the validity or the accuracy of the information that you obtain in opening those records? Hmm. So I think if you were as a recipient of somebody from a session, if something doesn't resonate with you, you know, you're always the authority. So if I'm sharing information that's coming through and it's like a hard, this doesn't resonate with me, then trust yourself, like always trust yourself above and beyond anything else than anybody's, you know, because as much as I can clear and set intention to clear my ego and to see this information through the eyes of the records, there's no way that sometimes there's not probably some humanness in there. And I can't speak to other practitioners and their ability to do that for their clients, right? So always trust yourself above everything else. And then as far as for myself, when I'm in the records or attuning and, you know, ask, like, is this the highest light? What percentage of light is this information coming from? And if it's not a hundred percent, then it's like, if there is wonky, weird energy, or you haven't done a clearing or you haven't banished or done these things, do those things and recheck in and see if the answer that you're getting is Mm -hmm. the same. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there are energies out there that aren't always working for the highest and greatest good. So if something feels off, check or ask or be discerning and really come back into your heart space for yourself because you know when you're receiving information, whether it's accurate or not in some ways. Yeah, I think that's a good reminder. Not only do you trust yourself above everything and all, but if you are in doubt, clear and try again and see if there's a continuity, if it's like it repeats in the same way, even if you ask like a different question from a different angle, but just to kind of A, B your your results, you know, and see like, okay, are we still going the same direction with this information? Yeah, I think there's absolutely an art to the way you phrase questions and what you're asking for. And, you know, I think we can manipulate our questions to sometimes try to get answers we want. Or, you know, I think there's a lot of things that could come into play. But yeah, ultimately, the discernment about the information that you're receiving is really making sure that you're working with the highest light and clean, quote unquote, clean energy. Yeah, that's super helpful. Are there any like practical application that you teach people, like once they receive information, then what can people do with that 
in terms of their growth, their healing, their decision making, of course, according to their intention, but do you have specific kind of instruction to what to do with the information? Not really, because it's always so unique. Like sometimes what's needed is a clearing. Sometimes it's identifying a belief and then how that person chooses to work with that post our time together is completely up to them. If there are one-on-one clients that we're having like a longer experience together, then I can absolutely support them in continuity of shifting or aligning Mm -hmm. to the thing. But I mean, generally something I would say after most sessions is like, trust that whatever needs to come through was coming through, you know, drink lots of water, leave time for integration, know that being in the records, just being in them is incredibly healing. So allow yourself some time and space over the next few days just to see what arises. You know, we really sometimes want this like linear step-by-step approach as to what to do. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't really work like that. And so I would generally say allow time and space and integration to just let things kind of continue to simmer and land and find and locate your own truth and action plan, so to speak, from that information for yourself post-session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think in my experience with these kind of things that all of a sudden some things that you were doing very automatically feel like there's a little resistance to it. For a second, you get a chance to make a different decision. And like, it's about taking that second and be like, okay, I can make a choice here. Yeah, And it's not that like everything is different. It's like this tiny, subtle thing. And you're like, oh, wait, this relates like, okay, here I can think about this differently. I can make a different choice. I can take a different step and then see what happens. But it just kind of open your consciousness around it, your awareness of it in a different way. Does that make sense? A hundred, a thousand percent. I mean, I'm just thinking actually of a session that I did a couple of weeks ago and my client had like all the information, all the right steps there, you know? And when she was speaking, the message that came in was just so loud and clear. And it was like, just do this one thing, flip it this way. You know, it was just like horse before cart type thing. Like just take two things, swap them and the ripple out effect. And it was almost more of a mindset energetic thing, but the ripple out effect of that was so transformative because it pulled her right back into her power where before she was outsourcing it. And so we just did this tiny thing of pointing it out and it changed everything for her around her confidence, intuition, her business. And so you're exactly right. It's just sometimes this tiny piece of information and then you can go out into the world with a new entry point, a new access point, a new piece of awareness around something and it can shift it all for you. So yeah, that's a very simple example, but I think people can kind of pick it up and imagine it in their life, you know, like making a small change that then has a ripple effect. Yeah. And I mean, I hate to break it to a ton of people, but it's often the (laughs) simple messages that are the most profound most profound or, you know, they come in and they're like, want to know all these things. And sometimes all those things can come through, but sometimes it's like, there will be like 10 words that take them back to a moment in their life that they get to heal something. Or it could be, you know, today you're supposed to actually do this tiny thing. That's like watch Netflix. And I'm like, oh my gosh, filtering this being like, I can't believe this is what I'm telling somebody to do. This can't be it. I was like, please don't let this be the message. Give me something more. But it was the message. And from that experience opened up this entire different day for her and her partner and a whole new experience for them to reconnect. And it was 
unbelievably beautiful. And the messages that I received back from it afterwards was sort of like life-changing. So it really is like, just trust that guys, like the simple things can shift your life. They can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of taking a moment to let that land for people Mm. before I jump into the next thing, because we're so accustomed to bigger is better, more is, you know, better. And I think in a lot of areas in our life, if we give ourselves the chance to value the small things, it makes that bigger difference that you're actually looking for. But you have to start like with a little bit more patience and almost like modesty around it. Absolutely. And it's usually, you know, there's a lot of sort of just remembering your original blueprint and your preciousness and to not outsource. And it's often like reminding you of that in many different ways to help you come back to that personal power, you know, center place of knowing. So, I mean, yeah, of course, sometimes there are big dramatic messages. Absolutely. But often the thing that you're desiring can come to you with a little bit more of intention around the smaller things. Yeah. Are there any notable differences or similarities between accessing your Akashic records and other form of divination, intuitive practices, psychic readings? Like, how do people know if that's the right path for them? Well, in short, I feel like the Akashic records, like many other, you know, let's call it modalities, but I feel that they find you when you need them. You know, Mm -hmm. like I had seen Akashic Records for many years and it did nothing for me. Like it didn't even call you register. I don't think it even registered in my consciousness. Like it did nothing. Like I just saw a word and I can't even like, it had no reaction. And then one day I was like, wait a second, I need that for some reason and just trusted. And it was all these like little serendipitous things that happened before that. And so I booked a session and it really blew my world apart. But again, what it reminded me, like in my first session, it was like, you are here to use all this energy and all this power that you have inside of yourself in this way. And it was something that I was present to, but I didn't know what to do with it. So it was like this thing that just flicked a domino inside of me of all this built up inner knowing that I had nobody in my world to validate for me. And so it was like my team of guides was like celebrating that I was there. And when she was sharing this with me, like I could not stop crying because it's something I'd felt, but I didn't really understand because I didn't have access to it in a conscious way. And so Mm -hmm. again, it seems like, oh, you were just reminded that you're supposed to do what you're here to do. And it was like, yeah, but I needed that to flick on for me. But had that happened a year before, I don't think it would have impacted my life in such a big way. So how do you know? It's like if you're listening and you're like, I want that access right now, I know it. You know, sometimes I know people hear me speaking on podcasts and then they book right away because they're like, I just knew I needed to talk to you. Or they remember somebody else talking about it and they go book with somebody else like it's whoever. But it's just this knowing. And so if you're drawn to the psychic reading or you're drawn to this thing or that thing, it's like, just trust whatever you're being drawn to is where you need to go in this moment. Yeah. And I feel like we've already talked about this, but that's always a good reminder because there's so many modalities. There's so many paths. There's so many ways to get you to your next step. We're not even talking like all the way down the road where you feel fulfilled and like you're living in meaning and you're you know, showing up as your truest self and you're doing all these things like next right step. There's so many things you could do to find that next right step. 
And you just have to pick one that feels good and that feels right in this moment and just go with it and see where it brings you and then pick again, (laughs) pick again. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, whatever you're choosing in this moment, it doesn't mean the thing that you're not choosing won't be for you later. When people sometimes reach out and they say, should I do a human design or an Akashic record session? I'm like, what do you feel most excited about in this moment? You know, neither are going anywhere. So whatever you want to do right now is what you should do. That's it. It's that simple, you Uh know? And it's like, oh, Uh but I really feel like I should be doing this thing, but I actually kind of want it. It's like, then go do the thing you want to do. Yeah, always. Do you have clients that do like one human design and like one Akashic and then kind of look into what are the common messages or, you know, that use different modalities with you to see if there's patterns, if there's something that comes up? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have a session where we kind of blend both. So it's like we can do a human design session and then I've also got your records open. And so because there's so much information in the human design chart and when we do it through the records, it just is more like pulling me to certain pieces in your chart that are more relevant. What matters in that moment. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I like that. But yeah, people do do both. And often if I've already done a human design, it'll like pull pieces from that into our Akashic, but not always. So Yeah. And I think, you know, when I'm working with clients in a longer journey, like my mentorship journeys, I mean, I have all of their charts is just part of our journey. And like, we're always kind of attuning to the record. So it gets to be all the things all the time to helping them. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I love that. That is piquing my curiosity. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. I love it. Yeah. It sounds great. How can people prepare for a session? Is it just about showing up and like tapping into the moment of the intention? Or is it really about taking the time of like, okay, reflecting on what do I need? What am I looking for with a good amount of attention? I think, you know, the fact that you've been drawn to book the session is, you know, people are probably going to know why they booked it in some way, even if it's like, I just feel really unclear and I need clarity on something, then that's perfect. Or I'm feeling stuck or I was feeling drawn. I don't know why, like that's perfect. You can arrive with that and we can start there. You know, I also have a lot of other tools that I can use to kind of support us in what would be really valuable for you to receive right now and to support you and then just setting intention together from the beginning. And some people come in with like a list of questions. And it's interesting because I often find that when they have a ton, once they've asked a few, it seems to open up a whole other portal into something that it's like they let go of all the curiosity Mm. they have. And they're just really there to kind of receive and dance with the information that's coming in as it's coming in. You know, you usually, you get what you need, not what you think you need all the time. Right. As always. (laughs) Yeah. You can prepare and bring questions. Absolutely. (laughs) And sometimes they really serve you and sometimes they go out the window. As far as preparing, it's like be hydrated. And, you know, we typically say not to have consumed alcohol or something for 24 hours, just because it's going to blur things up. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a bit blurry, obviously, literally. So that's sort of the only prep work, but other than that, and obviously being, you know, I'm not going to do a session if you've got your ear pods in and you're trying to feed your kids and cook dinner at the same time. Like it's yes, being present and available. Exactly. I mean, you know, you'd be surprised. So, you know, a present quiet space to be in, to receive is nice. It's self care. It's sacred. It's sacred work, you know, honor it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to add before we finish? Like if there's one takeaway you'd like people to leave with, or if there's something I haven't asked that we need to talk about, what would that be? Well, I don't know. I mean, there's so much that we could share, but yeah, I just think it's one of those things that's such a beautiful resource that's there for you. If you're feeling like 
I'm just lost or I just need something reflected back or I just need some confirmation or some help or some guidance. It's such a loving way to receive information that's so loving. It's just through the lens of your highest potential and there's nothing that you need to do with it other than receive it. And sometimes I think other modalities, like I love human design, I work with human design and the gene keys, but sometimes it can be really heady. Like, what do I do with this information? And I find the records to be just a very gentle place to really help move us towards like a slipstream of energy that's going to support us in moving forward in our life. So yeah, it's very loving and gentle and it's always there for you. Mm, That's lovely. I will put all your info in the show notes, obviously. But in the meantime, where's the best place for people to find you? If they want to say hello, they have more questions or they want to work with you in some way, where do they go? Hmm. Yeah, so my website, Joanna Haynes, which will be in the show notes and Instagram, joannahaines.co. So J-O-A-N-N-A-H-A-I-N-E-S dot C-O are really great places. And They can reach out and ask any questions or book single sessions that way. I have yoga nidras on YouTube that are also available. Yeah. And an Akashic teaching, a mentorship to learn how to access your own records, um, as well as mentorship. So there's lots of different ways to Mm -hmm. journey together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So people can start with a session for themselves and they can go all the way into learning how to do it for other people. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Thank you so much for your time today. That was a very nice chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. If this episode has helped you in any way, you can pass it on and help someone else by leaving your review. Plus, when you leave a review to say thank you, I will give you access to the premium podcast membership for free for a full month. All you have to do is send me a screenshot of your review and we'll get you all set up. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 187. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.